0: It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night Hey yo, what's up everybody? Sorry I'm late, Dan Tom here, host of this here shit show, the Protect Your Neck podcast Where uh, of course uh, we break down high level MMA but in a slightly different way going to be breaking down UFC Vegas 72, UFC Fight Night 223, UFC Fight Night Song versus Simone Vato, or UFC Fight Night Yadong versus Simone, however you prefer it. Uh, We're going to be breaking it down in the future. If you look into the timestamps, you'll see and you can jump ahead, but if you're live, you're kind of stuck with me until we get to it. Going to be breaking down, or recapping, I should say, UFC Vegas. Uh, 71 and Bellator Hawaii uh, on the ground experiences in one, betting experiences in the other, and uh, air quotes betting experiences for others. We will recap it. I will account for it all the same. Feel free to join in the chat. Share this out. Engagement is uh, is even more key. It's like part of me needs to ask for it more because uh, with the whole reformation of the main place I operate at, Dan Tom MMA. Let me get that on there. Uh, or you usually can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find a similar one there on Instagram. Trying to get more active on Discord, where I, I, I need to still reach out to people like my guy uh, Tim B from uh, Bloody Elbow and whatnot. But everybody's been kind of reformatting for one reason or another. And as you could see, uh, even if uh, you were someone who pays for the uh, the blue ticks, which I am not, um, and even they're uh, seeing the engagement, which is pretty sad. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, any, any shares and all that stuff is is all fun. But uh, if not, I also kind of don't care. Um, it's what it is. I'm grateful to be doing what I'm doing. I'm grateful to be here with you guys I'm grateful to talk fights um, Grateful, you know, uh, you know to be in good enough health to do this and you know um, Hopefully go work the bag after this was able to stretch out a bit, feeling a bit tight um, still trying to get back to it all that fun stuff um, again Apologies for being late. Thank you guys TB scouting my guy rain lamina already in in the house rain lamina This is the patchy mix of disastrous my like picks I'll take that Shout out to Patchy Mix We'll do that uh, Best in the biz I don't know about that But I, I do appreciate the positive as well From my guy TV Scouting Over at uh, uh, Chronic Combat Conversations I almost said Combat Chronicles Hopefully I'll be setting up uh, This next month With my guy Kyle uh, Mac Over there at the uh, Combat Chronicles I'm Gonna hopefully get a top 5 going Got some more Top 5 evergreen stuff uh, That I got going in the burner And pumping out uh, as well, if you're keeping your, ear, you know, your eyes peeled, I guess, to your feeds that are pertain to MMA where of course you might be familiar with my work, uh, as well as uh, outlets like the Action Network for more on the betting side of things. But yeah, I've been doing a lot of evergreen stuff for MMA Junkie. Recently, uh, released a an Anderson Silva revisit, which is fun. Try to put in some fun references, some clips for the hardcores, right? Um, as well as, uh, gonna be doing, you know, those recap, uh, fight night flashbacks. I gotta figure out which one I'm gonna, I think I know what card, uh, so I gotta get it plotted out for me. Um, if you guys like those, uh, I did the last one with my guy Brad, Brad Tashchuk, who, uh, is, uh, always gonna have a recurring seat if he wants one in any form on this show. But yeah, um, I'm gonna tr- try to, uh, mix up, uh, which kind of events we cover with those and, uh, double dipping, be doing a written form over there at Junkie. So again, um... I don't know. Uh, voting with your dollars feels like the only you know, <laughs> the only thing outside of important things uh, locally, of course, to to vote for and whatnot. But you know, that's not that's not that's not my lane. Uh, but uh, you know, as far as mixed martial arts and stuff and good content, you know, vote with your dollars. Why not? That's that or vote with your clicks. Vote with your shares. It's all fun. Likes while you're at it. If you're here, thank you guys. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't pollute your feed. Follows at the PyN podcast on all social platforms. Again at Dan Tom MMA is where you can find me doing a little bit of a walk and talk forgive me we're gonna brush in here I'm gonna try to keep it tighter Uh, I you know as much as I love the live chat and we'll be continuing this aspect don't worry I think it was kind of short and sweet last week uh, because there was no me getting you know sidetracked as I do not blaming the live chat it's more me (laughs) the common thread is me it's not you it's me Um, but we were able to cover like four events, three preview events, and one recap event in like an hour and a half. Not too shabby, if I say so myself, especially my long-winded ass. Uh, but yeah, feel free to contribute. Uh, but I'm gonna try to keep it uh, tighter in there. Um, actually, I don't really need to do a walk and talk, cause again, I don't care to share as much, and I f- keep forgetting that with the uh, what you might call it uh, upgrade of the eCamp program that I use. Um and actually auto post to Twitter and people if you're on Twitter, hey, you can actually submit questions to there. I think so you actually don't have to subscribe to my channel, which I probably shouldn't say aloud, Dan. This is why you're a bad businessman, amongst other things. Uh, I'll take it, but yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, uh, let's make sure it's a uh, yeah. I think it's posted right there. Oh, hey, speaking of my guy Braddy give the uh, video a like. I'll try to retweet this once we get into the actual breakdown. Um, but uh, we'll we'll keep it to to recap stuff. And get on with our bad selves uh, for right now. I'll keep this uh, up and open. Hopefully, we're all uh, she and me clearly. Um, yeah, camera's on the right one. Camera one, camera two. Wayne's World gif. Um, yeah, it's a pretty shit show card. We'll get to that. Um, you know what? I, I surprisingly again. I think I like was like, oh, I. It's funny again. Like I always, uh, you know honest transparency to a fault, you know, despite not being an actual journalist as much as I try to aspire to be as transparent and honest as, as a journalist should be and hold myself to similar standards, despite not that being my beat or my claim, uh, but it's always funny whether it's the numbers I post beforehand, which will be the case this week, I'm going to be posting shitty numbers, even though I'll actually be getting better numbers from a house, followers will be getting numbers, and, you know, um, the, if you're, especially if you follow the houses that my betting articles and stuff cite, you get betting Better betting numbers through there. Me, no, no, no. Uh, very bad numbers uh, and, and whatnot. No, no, same game parlays. No fantasies. Um, no crazy high numbers or just good numbers for the basic stuff that we all kind of can get and pick from. It's fine. It's kind of just a funny thing. Grateful to be doing what I'm doing, but you know, uh, for people to think because I work in betting and I live in Vegas, I must just have access to fucking you know, you know. Bookie sucking my dick to give me a line here. No, it's nothing like that. I don't know why I would say that. But you know what I mean. There's no preferential shit going on over here. A lot of that's due to my own fault and lack of, again, you know, political business savvy. Uh, so, But yeah, no, no. Uh, and the law and IP addresses and my dumbass not being able to get around those things too. So, you know, there are those things too. Legit things as well, uh, to be fair. But yeah, I will give you what I got. And uh, as far as my losses go, I usually always end up claiming because like I, am i getting patient or you know despite whatever perceived stereotype you may have about me my math is bad uh so at times you know even with the old you know uh, doing the calculator on the go i'm not waiting for my app to do it so i'll be like you know let me just get this out here you know and uh yeah i think it was only like a total of a loss of uh again counting for everything uh 0.48 0.33 so under a half unit total which actually isn't bad, again, when you incorporate the Popodores and Nate Diaz plays, which actually saved our day, because uh, UFC Vegas 71 well, did not go great. Let's start there, 749. Um, yeah, UFC recap here. We went 4-6-1 uh, and one overall, which is terrible in picks. 0-2 oh, uh, for the parlays. I don't parlay much, and another verified reason why I don't there. 1-1 uh, one one in the totals. You know, there's that, I guess. 0-5 uh, and, and round flyers. Of course, those are small amounts, but 0-5 nonetheless. Not good. Was not able to round robin, so there's none of those, which is probably a good thing it would have fell flat um, because of the limited nature of my round robins. That seemed to live limit me more, which sucked because despite the volatile cards, uh, I, I don't think I'll be too short on like juicy uh, round robin darts. It's just what is my house going to let me. Uh, shout out to my guy Martin P. there. Uh, I think he's been hitting me up with the uh, the circuit app. That's been uh, beneficial for multiple reasons. I don't want to light up his spot or anybody else on those games. But uh, as far as you know, uh, playing my Russian roulette, I may maybe some weekends, maybe maybe some weekends. Not from what it sounds like, as far as being limited to my selections there. But uh, I gotta get my round robins going. It's my favorite thing to do. And I haven't been liking as many underdogs to just do the normal round robins that you don't get limited on Where you just throw a bunch of underdogs on there Especially if there's like a bunch of underdogs on the prelims that are just low level You don't want to expose yourself like a pervert, you know, outside of us, you know Anyways, but you know what I mean? You don't want to expose yourself. Jesus, Dan, what was with the analogies today? Um, I'm pretty beat this week. Sorry, that's no excuses for being late But yeah, I'm just honestly just dragging ass in multiple ways this week so bear with me. I'm happy to be here. We're going to get through this. Going to try to get through this tight, but uh, yeah, no promises as far as my might goes. We'll see as far as the plays go, um, but was not good for the UFC. Let's go through those uh, results. Again, no round robin, so that's where it lays for those. And then we'll get into more uh, Bellator Hawaii next and UFC. So if you're listening to the future, you can jump forward. What's up, my guy? Mark Fellows from Australia. G'day from sunny Sydney. Mark, what's up, man? Hopefully hope I didn't, you know... Brutalize the uh, uh, the vocals there. I saw you posting uh, some GNR, you know. Me and you are uh, uh, older dudes with tastes with, uh, that are even before our times, I believe. So I, I appreciate you, sir, and sharing your beers and music and all the good stuff on your feed. Positivity, I appreciate it. We could use more of it. Go to UFC Vegas 71. Look at me. Got a results tab up. What the shit, Dan? You a podcaster now? Um, we <laughs> got... Sergei Pavlovich who uh, lost it all on the slot machine, you know, the the morning of um, Which we can all relate to I, I know I can't but um, Not many of us can relate to not just because luck and turning it around But you need a bit of a positive uh, PMA as I said in my Posse hardcore youth crew days of the punk hardcore scene uh, You need some of that positive mental attitude in this game You know, it's a lot of mental as well as it is physical Pavlovich um, does what he does because he was allowed to, man, and he—he he is, uh, you know. Uh, say what you will, uh, you know, if, if, if Ber- Blades was gonna stand with him, it was gonna be bad because Blades, regardless of which stance he operates, um, he steps in a, with a jab, um, which his opponent um, has a proclivity for countering, um, and that's gonna be—it's gonna be a very similar dynamic in the bantamweight main event going on this week in the UFC in the very same smaller octagon of the Apex, but. You know, when the dedicated, I usually like to side with the, uh, like my reasoning, with the more proven submission grappler, uh, more proven wrestler, more dangerous grappler, whatever, however you want to characterize it, if it fits the bill, right? Um, Not saying it's the only thing you need to go off of, and it certainly doesn't like anything, doesn't uh, determine uh, or guarantee a result. There are no guarantees in this game, folks. We all know that. But, yes, there is an inherent edge, if you will. And I think that is fair to say, unless, unless that fighter with the inherent edge decides to strike on the back foot and not really go for a takedown until they're hurt. And that was the thing that was crappy the most. I mean, hey, my bet, cash, I think biggest bet of this, yeah, of maybe of the weekend, right? Uh, Actually did cash here. So, I don't know if you want to say it's uh, sour grapes or anything on on my end. Um, And it's more because I'm a Curtis Blades fan as a person, as a fighter, I want to see him do well, and as much as heavyweight gets ragged on, fairly or unfairly, me or others, right? Um, The you know the skillful fighters it does have. You want to see him do well. You want to see him fight the best. You want you want that top potential for them, us, the 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 air quote sport. And uh, he's long been hailed as the lone guy wrestling, right? The lone credible wrestling threat. Uh, I know John Jones is back and you know whatever and there's other fighters maybe you could point to here and there perhaps before Romanoff was uh, showing his flags were before his flags were showing very clearly there were warning signs before that. But yes, if you were not seeing those or if it was early on where I was high on his prospects perhaps too when he was first coming in to see what he could be. I think he was still trading with Kings MMA. But, you know, I, I, you know there, there could have been Flavors of the Month, sure. But as far as that present name, that was Blades. And uh, for that one guy to now just kind of start going to striking to his own detriment. And, yeah, he's young. He's young for heavyweight division. But, like, I shout-outs to John Annick. I think it was him saying it on his podcast this week. Like, you can't you can't be accruing those. So the stereotypes of heavyweight aside, uh, optimism aside, you can't be accruing those shots like that. Uh, appreciate the likes, folks. Subscribe. Uh, If you feel like contributing to the chat. Um, But, yeah, um, so that's what happened. And, uh, you know, uh, Pavlovich, man, I don't think he's going to get a shot with uh, Jones for the reasons everybody's saying. I don't really care to beat dead horses or dip too much into that conjecture. But, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, again, yes, he's the GOAT. But, you know, as far as uh, picking and choosing, you know, I don't know, man. I I will always favor the GOATs like the... Andersons and the BJs and the uh, BJ Pens and the Fedors of their time because uh, there was a lot on paper against them or just why they're, by, by their physique with Fedor and BJ's case. And say what you will for the flaws, and especially guys like BJ had many. They were also the most courageous motherfuckers out there. Um, that would step up and save events. you know. As I as I highlight, that was a move the UFC constantly went to for Silva. He save more events than you, you tend to realize, whether it was that Bonner fight in Brazil, the affliction ban counter-programming, um, stepping up to beef up a card that didn't need beefing up, but again, for the sale and to generate that trend uh, in the Middle East as far as Abu Dhabi and those rights were concerned, that UFC 112 card. Um, which is why the expectations were so high not just showing up right uh, but yeah man um, those courageous guys they will always get an edge you can say goats and zero in his record and you know this and that like okay you know I don't know man these motherfuckers dodged as many opponents in drug tests some of them as they did uh, you know <laughs> they did punches so I don't know but uh Hey, uh, I'm not trying to die on any hills here, uh, but yeah, I surprise, surprise. I'm saying uh, no. I don't think um, the challenging knockout punching threat that we've kind of been waiting for since that Rumble Johnson cancellation for John Jones about a decade now. Now he's not gonna, he's not gonna give that to us. He's gonna dress up a a blind pa- half blind pass as Stipe. Now all of a sudden we're gonna re- all of a sudden remember, you know, uh, that he has a great call by the numbers. We love them stats in this sport, even though they're kind of meaningless. But, you know, uh, but now we're going to give that Stevie that honor. Not that he doesn't deserve it, you know. It was like like, uh, Denzel and fucking uh, it was like Denzel and fucking Hurricane. He deserved it then. It's not like he didn't it's not like he didn't It's not like his his performance in training day wasn't good. I enjoyed training day. Relax, folks. I was just pissed that he got it then because the motherfucker deserved it before. So don't don't be fucking com- even if it's a positive. Don't keep that same fucking energy, and uh, that's something that I've always kept, even when I was a fucking kid. And something that's completely irrelevant to this, which is movies and stupid imaginary globes and awards. But yeah, yeah, that 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 is the narrative we will see. Doesn't take a rocket science to figure that out. Bruno Silva defeated Bad Tavares. Tiki punches which was very sad. Was watching. May uh, may or may not have been a. Just this fight in the main event, uh, again, I was, I was just trying to stay, uh, it, it was actually downtime when it was happening on the prelims, um, you know, may or may not have seen a screen that it was on, uh, and yeah, it was just bummed, man, I was bummed, you know, uh, not cause just the bet, you know, went, um, as far as the over, um, misses, and, uh, you know, uh, it just, uh, and, and I get it, you know, I get it, like, um, I get why people would bet Bruno Silva because even me, a Brad Defares defender, um, someone betting uh, more toward his side of things with the over, and to be honest, even people that you know were betting or picking Bruno Silva, um, probably just kicking for coverage, which is smart as far as the money line goes, than having to worry because it could go long You could still win, being the damaging moments like a la you know third is Duplessis. But um, but yeah, like you know, that was a that was a realistic possibility in my defense as far as the overcall. Um, but man, I'll tell you, this is one of the few times, and I'm I'm shout out city. I give more shout outs than most. I'm more caring, regardless of the fighter, if I bet them or not. I bet on the fight or not. I'm probably the person you'll actually see on the timeline to say, I hope that person's okay. Um, I am somebody that will give props to my friends for having a good night, even when I'm having a crappy night. You'll see me do that. You'll see me give props for people that were on the opposite ends. But I'll tell you, and I had friends that bet, most of my friends probably bet Bruno Silva more than Brad Tavares. But this is a fight where, uh, no offense guys, if you're listening, I would have fucking victory lapped and been happy you lost your money. Fucking happy. Uh, because it's one of those ones where it's just like, uh, obviously is my bias is laced in that. But then there's that typical, what I said, the Danton betting, right? Where... Um, and usually whether it's an underdog or in this case a favorite which makes it ultra weird and even I was saying that in defense of the Silva betters I was surprised that both Brad was a favorite and as big of a favorite with the money whiting in his side I figured the money would have should have been coming on on the Silva side more than it did Um, but it's just one of those things where it's just like man people get so disrespected in this game and you know not just a fan forget the Hawaiian stream tour thing like technical guys that don't really get the credit for what they deserve like oh that's a dan tom fucking magnet like i am all about those people right like so there's multiple check boxes than the obvious bias ones but yeah man like every time you just gotta hear like that you know this guy you get disrespected and and not given the credit he's due and uh just to be around for that long same with the uh, ed herman thing you know and shouts to nolan king you know paying respect where it's due you know nolan knows what's up man he's he's uh don't let the young face and and, and the fact that you know we work for uh air quotes larger outlet like we got love for the hardcores over at Junkie man uh and there's hardcores over at Junkie um so I appreciate shouts to Nolan for that and, and as well as the uh as Nolan and Matt by the way the Y9 Warrior for uh uh, given a real great spotlight piece, real thing, something I can you know really be proud of uh, from my from my outlet. Shouts to Matt Erickson and Nolan for that, that went up this week. But it's like, yeah, man, it's like, yeah. Regardless, you know, you know, Edward Herman's not Hawaiian. I know Madero's is, so sure. I guess you could go ahead and accuse that me a bias there, even though that wasn't my project. And Medeiros is a training extreme couture. I don't know him, but yes, I love seeing those stories, man. And I'm sure Bruno Silva's a nice guy and everything. it's so it's not like a, anything toward him. But yeah, man, that would have been one, I'm not gonna lie. Dan Tom would have, uh, Dan Tom would have victory-lapped on that one, and, um, uh, and yeah. But no, no, I, I just, I just gotta keep watching everybody else victory in the I-Told-You-So's, while, well. uh, people you know, um, get their dreams crushed. It's great, it's fantastic, uh, Bobby Green, uh, versus, uh, Jerry Gordon ruled a no contest, and that kind of fucked with everybody, whether you had a good night or not, I imagine. Everybody had green going in their parlays. And I hate these matchups. It's just like the... Uh... And by the way, my, my my new pet peeve, I almost hate it worse than, than X-Fighter calls out Boxer for whatever matchup that's never going to happen. As much as I hate that shit, and anything on that side of the fence, uh, in, in mythical fight land territory, um, what I hate the most is matchups like Gilbert Burns and... Um, Fucking Mahal, Bilal Mohammed or Benny Dariush versus fucking, um, uh, what's his name? Charles Oliveira. And again, it's what I talk about. It's either Brazi- Brazilian war horses who get disrespected back in the war horse longevity guys being disrespected, not realizing how hard it is to be a Hafao dos Años. You fucking realize how hard that is, people? You fucking realize how hard that is? Uh, to win your titles late in your careers like that, like RDA and Dubronx Bronx did, um, guy like Benil's fucking graying out. He's gonna be, he's gonna have 17 just for men covers before he, before he gets his goddamn title shot out here. You know what I'm saying? And and of course, you know, M- this Middle Eastern guys, M- M- Middle Eastern and or Palestinian folk c- catching the strays, Free Palestine, shout out. There, But, like, yeah, it's like it's these motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? Of course these motherfuckers who have it hard in and out of the cage, they're the ones that are fighting each other. Fire matchup. Why? Because the people that are deserving have to fucking knock each other off when if they either deserve fun, they're either at the fun fight p- portion of their career or if, you know, Charles wants to get back in there or whatnot, then fine, you know. Um, get him back in there with somebody that, that's going, you know, um, that, that, you know... Th- that makes more sense. Don't get him back in there. That's going to knock someone else who's like actually like super deserving and been doing their work, like Benny Daryush, who, like I said, when Charles was champion, that Benny Daryush, and, and even though I picked against Makachev, Makachev for their southpaw stances will be deceptively t- tough matches for uh, Du Bronx. And I obviously only feel more that way. Um, but everyone's like, oh, fire match. And why do they get fucking short notice? Bilal's got to cut weight through Ramadan. And, you know, uh, jump through all the goddamn hoops again. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Can we stop the fire emojis? Can we stop the I emoji things for one? And for goddamn sure, can we stop doing it for these stupid fucking matchups where we're celebrating the people who deserve better getting stuck with shit? You know? Sorry. It's it's, it's fucking awful. And yes, and this is another one. Oh, Jared, I love Jared Gordon. I love Bobby Green. Both underrated. Both deserve love for many as well as different reasons. George, uh, Jared fucking has, like, the worst luck before every fight. He's, like, almost losing fingers. He's, like, getting mugged. He's, like, uh, you know, uh, 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 try not to get burned alive in, f- in fires. Uh, you name it, this guy seems to be fucking going through it, right? And he's already having to go through killers, right? getting knocked out by aforementioned dude Bronx and stupid matchups. It's like, why would you put... Jared Gordon in this like we already learned this lesson multiple times, much less with the same fucking guy. Why are we gonna do it again? Oh, this is your reward for for for, for air quotes winning, air quotes losing against Patty, the white natty pimblet, who, for all I know, it just seems to be all he does is just go on about it. Again, like 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 Gordon said, living fucking rent free in his head. And it was how we're going to uh, reward... This is Dan Dan's crying. Dan, no, this isn't me crying. I don't give a shit. I'm not even talking about the bets here. I don't care about the bets. This is this is my pet peeve on fucking matchmaking. We reward him with Bobby fucking Green? Are, are you kidding me? Um, again, speaking of a guy where it shit or get off the pot, should or get off the pot, give him meaningful matchups that actually make sense, or at least the fun veteran matchups. Like, for example, Max Holloway, Charles Oliveira. Run that back at 155. That Max ain't doing shit at 145 and it's still a good enough win if DuBronx gets it that can still give him the title shot keep him relevant, keep him getting paid keep them both getting motherfucking paid you know, that, that would actually involve thought, care promoting fighters and their careers I know, and you're not going to find the UFC much less the managers really doing that too much now, are ya? Um, anyways, rant over no contest was the right call, but again, you know was that consistency he c- c- had with uh was that consistency had with uh, Chris Curtis's fight? Oh, no, it wasn't. He had to take the loss, which means I had to take the betting loss on that one. Just like I had to take the betting loss on this one. And what's another notable one that happened at the UFC Apex where they didn't stay consistent even within the own action where they waffled back and forth between Big Dan and Herb? Oh, that's right. That was fucking Kyle Dukakis and Kevin Holland. And guess who was on the wrong side of that one as well as all the other fucking injury and all the other bullshit. That's right, buddy. Your boy fucking streak is strong baby uh but we're gonna see we're gonna see I'll probably get a winning I'll get a winning fucking night on this stupid carpet you see just stay positive and you get it anyways that's there's my fucking rant on that one uh we'll blow through the rest of this pretty fast you know because I'm 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 I am, you know, I'm, cr- I'm crying about bets apparently uh, Yasmin Lucindo defeated Brogan Walker Sanchez I came out like under a half unit under that I could give a shit less I had a great week folks we'll, we'll get to it uh, and blow through hopefully fast here uh, they have no opinion on that Jeremiah was a bullfrog and he defeated Matthew burger. It was split decision and the cards were crazy but boy do I feel lazy trying to make that song. Christos Yagos defeated uh, Ricky Glenn by K. of course again I tweet out like that's my most confident bet. Ricky Glenn round two round three. Classic again veteran to pick up the pieces if he can survive the storm. We'll see if I learn my lesson. Uh, I- I'm stubborn as hell but god damn it it's a fucking good read for a reason and you plus money you're not having to give away a lot fucking forgive me, sprinkling around two and three. And of course, the guy who never gets KO'd in his career gets KO'd, right? Who would have called that? Um, and, uh, and yeah, like it was funny because even like Christos Yagos, despite every right to be excited, claim whatever the fuck he wants, bump his chest, anybody's got the right, it's him. Uh, if anybody's got the delusion, it's a fighter, much less a fighter who just accomplished something right. Um, and even in with all the adrenaline, and even he was still like, I was kind of surprised. Like, no one's knocked that guy out. Like, he seemed seemed like... Even he seemed genuinely surprised for what it's worth. Montel Jackson defeated Ronnie IAEA, defeated by KO. Uh, Again, I picked Montel for a reason. It was only a small sprinkle that I was okay with. I'm more bummed about just seeing Hani get iced. But you know what made me feel a little better about that? Montel Jackson, man. He's making me a fan over here because, uh, again, folks, um, I don't know. People can, you know it's fine if i'm not your speed which is totally cool so maybe i'm not the best example but like if someone were to be a sore loser or or, or loud or boisterous about their loss that's much more accepting and understanding to me than people who are sore winners you know um just just bad winners they're not humble they're not gracious they're not grateful um and uh but you are you you win with class like boy you make me a fan and montel jackson not just spared honey yaya yeah, yeah from the extra shot, you know, but was just explaining it, you know, giving him respect and just uh, yeah, making me a fan, man. I mean as the gambler part of me still going to watch as he continues to make these drastic weight cuts as he starts to enter into, actually extend into his 30s? you yeah, damn right I am, but I'm wishing the kid nothing but the best and he's making me a fan genuinely. So, uh, shout outs to Montel Jackson. Norma Dumont Norma Duma Beaumont, defeated Carol uh, Hosa, who continues her struggles. via an decision didn't watch that fight. Nor did I watch Muhammad Usman defeat Junior Tafa. Nor William Gomi. Actually, I watched a little bit. I was having a brunch in uh, Chinatown, walking the old streets in Uuanu, uh before the fights on Saturday. I love it. It's like uh, it's like I was like saying on my Instagram score. It feels like it feels like uh, the beginning of Mean Streets, but the Hawaii Chinatown version. It's where like all the sailors used to go. Uh, to get tattooed and get laid and get, get fucked up in that part of chinatown because uh, all the tattoo shops were were, were were laced within chinatown and that's also where uh my other side of my relatives um sifu lum andrew lum and and you know the uh, uh the guys who uh you know ed parker would roll with for a little bit the kenpo karate guys the real uh, traditional martial arts as far as taking everything and the guys who all the traditional martial arts all the Asians that mixed in the islands right Hawaii is kind of like a um, it's a mixed plate right to use Hawaiian terminology it's a mixed bowl you you got got Polynesians Samoans Filipinos you got you know you had 40% close to 40% Japanese population before Pearl Harbor happens in the 1940s folks a lot of Chinese Chinese indentured slaves and servants like a half one half of my family comes from um, so you get a bunch of different mixes, and there you got a bunch of different martial arts. Uh, and the real ones wanted to test it, right? They actually want the pr- pressure tested, which was arguably the fault. Uh, like you know, people like Frank Meir will say uh, more eloquently than I. Uh, you know, it's where the katas and stuff fall short. You're not you're not putting it in real practice. You're not you're not even really working a bag, much less sparring. And that's the big differentiator between traditional martial arts and more air quotes combat sports. Um, but this was a nice medium you know you had a lot of guys that actually incorporated grappling and, and submission holds into their traditional martial arts um, a lot of these old school cats even from like you know the 60s and 70s and stuff uh, and they would yeah they would go and cause you know what better than you know uh, the drunk colonizers <laughs> down in Chinatown <laughs> so they would just go scrap and uh, yeah so there we go a little history lesson there I don't know how the hell I got on that but yeah I was I was down there for William Gomez defeated Francis Marshall Brady Heistin defeated uh, bat Then I was just walking down uh, buying some stuff for the old Popo Doris there uh, in Chinatown as well so I didn't really watch any of those fights sorry alright I'm gonna <laughs> choose Barker choose real in Truesdale in the house shouts gonna clean up the chat before I move on to Bellator Hawaii then we'll get to the breakdown here um Mark Fellows' dance pronunciation of Jake Matthews, Jake Matthews, Jake Matthews, little Australian there. Thanks. Coming from an Australian, that 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 means a lot. Melbourne is accurate. Nice job, sir. Wow, look at that. Getting compliments on my on my accents, Mark Fellows. Now I don't want to speak. I don't want to fuck it up um, or anything like that. Um, Rios and Chudesdale says third Reich is duplicy. I've seen Jimmy say that on many chat rooms. And people weirdly get mad at him. I think it's the appropriate... I think so, too. Uh, apparently, that weasel guy is, uh, you know, really defensive of uh third right. Because I think he would get mad, too, from what it sounds like. Um, Ghost Phantom in the house. Dan, good to see you. What's up? What's going on, my man? What is going on? Um, Jimmy Kudo. What if Charles Oliveira and Gilbert Burns pull it off against tough matchups? I'd be happy for them both, but I'd also be sad for Bilal and Benil. Because they're also both very uh, deserving uh, fighters. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, 158. i be down just because Oliveira and Burns are workhorses. Yeah, they are. Workhorses, warhorses, all alike, sir. Uh, Last one, and I'll move on. Ghost Phantom. It's a shame Dan and I wholeheartedly agree. Fight promoters keep doing silly things with ridiculous matchups and nonsense, but fighters are getting better, and that's who we support. Yeah, got to do it as much as you can. Shouts to you guys. All right. uh, We'll go 33 minutes, Bellator, Hawaii. Um, yeah, so flew back into Bell Tour. I missed the open workouts, uh, you know, which looked fun and all, uh, and, uh, was there on the ground. Um, it was awesome to see, uh, some colleagues again, you know, uh, m- meeting new people, whether it was, uh, shout out to, uh, Matt Reeves, excellent photographer, uh, seeing, uh, old familiar faces. Shout out to Billy Hull, listener of the Protect Your Neck podcast. Um, people i respect uh, i don't know what they're doing listening to this podcast but uh shouts to billy shouts to my guy of course rob Demello, Robbie E D. he's, he's all, always always a positive uh figure positive presence and and a consummate pro as well um nothing but smiles uh, with the local guys uh, and shout outs to all the other local local guys and gals who i met as well i don't mean to miss out anybody's names but uh you know me and my shout out fest i tend to get here all day Um, As well as uh, Bellator PR, always very uh, accommodating uh, on the up and up. Um, No complaints, man. Uh, Very just professional while still being kind of a laid back feel. Um, You know, in in comparison to other places, I always just honestly not as nothing to do. No one's paying for my way out. No one's paying for nothing when I'm out there. Uh, Everything is above board. Um, Professional lines are respected. I don't see any of these people outside of the event. So when I say that I genuinely, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, props to the promotion, to the PR, to the guys r- helping run the show, like the Danny Brenners and the, the CJ Tuttles of the world. Um, they're doing a great job, and uh, I, I appreciate all the hard workers and the people that I don't mention. It was great to see Burt Watson. You know, I was watching, like, uh, he's doing his speeches, and he's like, All right, baby, and you know when the lights go on, somebody's light's going to go out. And uh, I was just, like, watching, like, Nikita Krylov was there for uh, Sergey, something the guy who fought, I think it was the guy who fought Terrell Fortune. Um, but Nikita, Nikita's an old-school UFC guy, so he was there while Burt was still there, right? And everybody misses the, dude, Burt's the man, right? Everybody misses the, we rolling! Yeah! You know, like, every, everyone loves that, right? Like, the dude's been around since, like, Joe Frazier days, right? He's a living legend. And, by the way, I, I'm late on the I Think You Should Leave, but I was absolutely dying. Uh, I was just messaging my girlfriend because she loves that show too, and we also giggle at the uh, one of our favorite skits is the uh, Buff boy skits. Is like, look at these Buff Boys, look, look at this little brick shit house. Like like, like I want to use that one, especially when someone like a, like a bricked up bantamweight like a like a Cody Stamen or something like weighs in. Like I want to use the GIF of the guy going look at that brick shit house, look at this brick shit house over there. What a crap! Look at that crap! What a crap! And I'm like, that essentially is like Burt Watson because like he MCs the Bellator weigh-ins. So he's on one side, like, yeah, come on, flex it for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was just dying. I was absolutely, I love it. I fucking love it. Uh, again, you know, just, just extra character that, that, that the uh, the Bellator production allows for. You know, um, of course, you know, we'll, we'll get to Saturday, but of course you got uh, Ali Malay McFarlane's walk which I feel bad. Asking about, I'm always, like, late on the next. I'm, like, on, like, the thing she was promoting the last time. Um, And I really, not just promoting stuff for, you know, uh, Hawaiian sovereignty, Hawaiian rights, land, uh, multitude of Hawaiian-related issues, but uh, really bringing attention to uh, the Stolen Sisters and uh, just, just, you know, uh, through her stories that she cited, through schools like Punahou, i believe which is like schools i've had family members go to um and whatnot and and you know i come from a family with a lot of strong women man so uh just, just respect to Alima uh, Malay. and uh, i didn't get a chance to you know I, I can't really express too much on media there so i just wanted to at least express it somewhere my well on uh, my own show and as she said um it's props to to bellator for allowing her to uh and by the way, plenty of criticisms like for any promotion. They're not beyond criticisms. But uh, you know, just just pointing out some positives here. God forbid, right? Um but uh but yeah, man, uh, props to Bellator for allowing her that. I sentiment her her saying that. Uh Bellator Hawaii recap, Popa Doris went two and zero. Of course she took the Hawaiian girls, uh just twenty dollar shots on Lay at plus one twenty and uh, Sumiko, um Anaba uh, minus one twenty. Uh, the second coming there, which passed a real tough test against Veta Ortega. Um, we we'll pull those up right now, actually. Uh, it's for, for results. Because I'm pro and I had those up. Of course, Carmouche Bennett was the first night. Um, Nate Diaz, by the way, I know you guys appreciated that. The audio version, we get more people. I, you know. I know what you guys are thinking because you're like, how was... How was Nate Diaz... You know, I recorded Thursday night, granted, but, you know, by Saturday, Nate was in New Orleans, right? So, um, I wanted to try to get a, um... A, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, protect your night podcast exclusive. Um... <clears throat> uh, with, uh... With Nate Diaz here. Um... N- Nate, uh... Nate, are you there? What's that, motherfucker? Listen, man. I could have swore you were just hanging out with me, uh, chopping it up, sorting out some, you know, edibles like Halloween candy on Popodorus' coffee table while I was recording my podcast Thursday. So we can move on to, Bel- you know, uh, with the Bellator uh, breakdown here. Um, what happened? Why don't you stick around for Bellator Hawaii? Well, why did you go to New Orleans, man? Listen, I wasn't even fucking planning on even going there, dog, but, like... Your fucking Popadoris cleaned me the fuck out. You're gonna blame this on my pulpadoris name? Listen, motherfucker, spinal stenosis, she fucking took, like, 900 milligrams to the bank, dog. Listen, Popodorus is crazy. It takes, like, a fucking horse tranquilizer to put that woman out, man. She's suffering. She's in pain. It's my grandma. I appreciate you helping her out helping her out, Nate, but you're you're really gonna pin this on her. I mean, come on, man. You can't pin it on a lady, Nate. That's not very stocked to me. Listen, dog. I had to go reload and to make it back before Yancey's fight and next thing you know, I'm sitting cage side for some fucking punk ass chase de Throwing bottles, you know how it goes. Yeah, we know how you and bottles go, Nate. Okay, so basically, you're blaming this. You're blaming not just your your fight, but missing Yancey's fight on my Doris. We're just we're getting that straight. Listen, dog. Popo's an OG. All right, I appreciate the Mahomes future picks back a couple years ago, but listen. That woman is, is she, she does not pass the duchy to the left hand side, all right? So she's no longer. But ev- wow, exiled Popadorus or right, excommunicated, all right? Well, Jesus, well, maybe you know, I don't know how much she's got longer. So I'll keep that from her, nape. Thanks for the explanation. Good luck uh, turning yourself in. It's Doctor, what? All right, audio listeners, that was for you. Where I look like a fucking idiot, uh, more than usual on on video. But uh, yeah, I wanted to get uh wanted to get Nate's reaction there. Why he wasn't at Bellator Hawaii? But thankfully, um, his bets came through. He bet while he was there. He put a unit on Carmouche uh, plus one thirty five, which I put in my Action Network app again. Uh, Daniel Tom, the Action Network app. I I'm, even though I'm not, good, I haven't been, and will continue to not be as l- least active as I need to. Uh, every every once in a while, I see something that just infuriates me. I'm trying to see if any fights get canceled. And I'm trying to even find ways around that so I don't get drawn in any stupid engagement uh, on Twitter. But like, uh, but yeah, like uh, you can always check for my bets there. And then as soon as what's uh, <clears throat> her name missed weight, it was uh, it was even more, oof, it was even more um, problematic, right? Uh, I was like, oh wow, okay, well, well even more so, she's probably gonna get it. But as we saw with the fight, um, it actually started looking bad. But I was like, oh my goodness. Because, um, you know, Bellator is essentially it's kind of like their own traveling commission there. So, they kind of, you know, uh, they're obviously not going to get too wild, right? They're going to, they're, they're making, they're, uh, you know, they're pros there. They're, they're, they're making sure that they're double checking their work. They're making sure prior precedents have been set and so on and so forth. But, um Basically, they're able to take the same liberties as the UFC does, but the way it seems is, uh, you know, in situations like this, you know, they get a little more flexible with it. And we've seen UFC do this too, again, in their own versions of it, albeit different. Charles Oliveira, Gaethje, you know, the title's up for one person kind of a deal. Um, with Joe Benavidez, Davis and Figueiredo, there's variations of, of these sort of things. But yeah, Liz really wanted to make it a title fight. She obviously was very principally driven, as you could hear in the post-fight uh, interview. Um, and she gambled. And, uh, and uh, you know, it, it was just, it turned out like, oh, no, are we getting one of those weird Liz Carmouche performances? Like, she's been really coming into her own, right, and recently. But, oh, no, are we getting one of those weird ones again? And it really looked like that. And uh, thankfully for anybody who bet on her, um, on the inside the distance she was able to pull the uh, the upset as uh, Deanna Bennett uh, who had some funny deep throat jokes that really pissed Carmouche off apparently uh, the presser uh, fell, fell short there um, anything else worthy I, I, I really I was so overexposed and uh, just out of principle I wanted to uh, encourage Nate Diaz to bet Tim Johnson as <laughs> I twitched there <laughs> twitch wink um and uh, I wish I did, even though Nate still came up on top anyways. Probably would have set us up for the weekend. But yeah, it was, that one went actually, if you even read my quick picks and prognostications, um, it was going to be a competitive decision where Johnson's volume and forward pressure, even if he's not more effective or clean, like the counters, uh, Soma was going to be landing. Um, it was going to be up in the air between that. So, uh, uh, but it was, uh, it was unanimous, uh, but still played out very similar, uh, how I called that one. Sarah McMahon looked good. Stayed away from that one, defeating um, Arlene Blanco. Looked really emotional, which I had nothing wrong with that. Just, I was like, oh, I wonder if she was retiring or just, you know, she really took some shots and really competitive. But she got engaged and was all smiles walking around the hotel the next night. So that was always good to see. Happy endings nonetheless there. Um, LeVon Cho Kelly defeated Lombardo. Call for the opposite. Oh, Sabatello defeated uh, Breno by unanimous decision. How I thought. Um, Kylie Sumoto defeated uh, Ken Cross. Um, didn't watch this one too close. He was kind of jumping back and forth. Uh, Tyrell Fortune defeated uh, Sergey uh, Belostinets with a DQ. Yeah, I get that. I didn't. I tweeted. I didn't really in the people behind me in press box, but you know, it's hard because you could say like. The warnings aren't very clear because even to us, it's like, you know, you really got to see the replay and listen because sometimes it can come off as a move, fighter, move instead of a warning, you know, and in the heat of the moment, if we're thinking that, how does it feel for the fighters themselves that are actually in the heat with the adrenaline going? Chris Lancioni defeats uh, Blake Smith. Oh, that was a tough one. I told you guys about the weigh-in story in the last podcast. I'll, uh... he almost got away with it if it wasn't for those meddling kids and now that costs him extra because he doesn't get his win bonus either and got the fine when he only missed by a point so and so, whereas Lencioni actually missed big Lencioni was talking to us about moving up to lightweight, maybe he will I told Chris, I'm like, I know there'll be guys bigger than you but you wouldn't be a small lightweight, that's for sure, bud Um, Sharaf, Delvala, defeating Anthony Adams don't know much about that We'll go to a Bellator uh, 295, 45 minutes, Uh, Bellator 95, results there, of course, that was headlined by uh, Stats versus uh, Mix for the Million Dollar Grand Prix, Uh, unification of an interim title, however you want to put that, either way, it's a title, it's an impressive win, it's a million dollars, and uh, set up for some big fights is patchy. Mix. If you look at my story, it was kind of uh, crazy on Instagram, Dan Tom MMA, because the way my story goes, I was giving you guys the backstage of again the classic Burt Watson walk, the Bellator version of it. Now back in the legendary Blaisdell, and you see uh, it was just weird. It was like a dream-like, like you know, just stocks is like look. Uh, it's a side profile, and he's just looking. His music's playing. And he just starts walking out, and the guys like this way, and he kind of just walks out like. Mm. And then it's just a smash cut to Confetti Pride style. Um, he just got knocked out. Apache Mix has got his hands up, getting a million dollars. Just, I mean, fucking crazy, you know? I had a really good view of that Knockout 2 was super clean. Super clean. Um, you know, Mix is a big Bantamweight. He's serious. Uh, looking forward to seeing more. Trains out of Extreme Couture. But it's also, you know, uh, tough because, you know, he, uh, Nate petted in that corner. You also have my guy, Eric Nixick, in the other corner with Stotts, right? And, uh, you know, they have a genuine relationship. It's not just a million dollars in the loss, which obviously suck for everybody, especially Stotts, obviously, first and foremost. But uh, the genuine relationship, you know, uh, as popular as Eric is, as popular as the gym is, um, you don't exactly see him, like, you know, whoring himself out there, you know, uh, for a reason. And he's spoken about this, and it makes sense. you got to... I would be suspect if he or anybody is or anybody who does do that, where they're just, like, everywhere, you know. Uh, you don't want to overextend yourself. Um, so he's got a good relationship with these guys. So, of course, it's, a you know, agony and, you know, uh, whatever the UFC, that, that saying is. But, yeah, um, you know, and I hate bothering anybody in general, but still made sure to fire a text off because, like somebody said, like, you know, in oh, the media like at first i was always afraid to text fighters after losses and stuff but like you realize mm, that's the time that's the time sometimes when they need it the most and i try to keep that same energy with uh friends or coaches and supporting cast and crew members as well um so congrats on one side you know and and uh condolences and best wishes on the other uh we had uh let's see here and of course the co-main event had a uh, Ali Mali McFarlane versus Kano Watanabe people were upset about that I don't know if it was because they were betting they were getting at me and like I wasn't even like defend uh, or like uh, saying I scored it one way if anything I, 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 if I were to put out a score which I didn't I thought we were getting 29-28 Watanabe and that's whatever people felt a little better about it including the Hawaiian the Hawaiian press for the hometown cooking crowd and it was no Hawaiian judges it was all traveling judges we did a fantastic job again we criticize these judges we gotta give them credit um even guys who I end up being on the opposite side of, and he was the dissenting judge here, Derek Cleary, uh, still had a very defensible scorecard, obviously, because he was on the Watanabe side, I get it. Um, but the other scorecards were very defensible, too, and even before they were read, I cited specifically Ryan Bader versus Valentin Moldowski. It was a five-round fight as opposed to a three, but it was the same dynamic. You're tied up going into the late round, and it's very little strikes and very momentary, not fully established takedowns with a lot of pushing up the cage control um, versus uh, short bursts of strikes in space and a lot of uh, elbows and body knees with the back to the fence. But there were also some hard, if you're looking at my screen, um, I'm drawing on a blank on the kind of Muay Thai elbow it is. It's almost like that side knee. You're using that side elbow. It's not an upward elbow, a slicing elbow. Um, it looks like you're finishing that way, but you're 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 uh, almost like hooking with it. You're hitting with that inside of your elbow. Those are really hard and damaging. Bader has one in the last 30 seconds, and so does Alimale. And in a tight round where you're juggling those two dynamics, that could be enough to sway you. That I think she was going to get it. No, personally, I did not. But according to the rule, of the criteria, previous precedences, and you know, um what we've seen before in that very same organization. Not that that matters. But, yeah, I wasn't going to be surprised uh, if it did go to Alima, and it did, and it really, you know, and I, I get what it looks like. Uh, that kind of a decision, it's a cheeky decision, certainly. Um, and it's certainly in front of a, a home crowd. She is the home attraction, so you're going to get that no matter what, right? So, yeah. Um, Yancy Madero's defeated Chart. Charlie Leary, Charlie Leary here. You defeated Charlie Leary, Charlie Leary. Uh, the, Charlie Leary looked like he was pretty good at going second in exchanges, but really looked like he liked to strike and got rocked like in every fight, win or lose. Um, and Madero's submission was uh was live, but you know maybe Nate maybe Nate knew something that we don't because uh, Nate Diaz uh air quotes uh, ended up betting uh, Madero's with that that plus two ten by KO just looked too tempting. Um, and if that would have hit. Um, it would have saved our night. Uh, b- and uh, I was like, oh, it's going to hit. Oh, I was going to hit for Nate. Not me, of course, being professional. And Press, 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 press booth. We do not cheer and press, press booth. Um, but uh, but yeah, at a certain point, I was like, he's going to get a submission. At a certain point when someone's exploring, they're eventually just going to grab it and get it or grab it and fail at a certain point. The TKO is out the window. They could be as crazily on skates. If At a certain point, they're just still not getting it. It's funneled to a survival, a miraculous survival, uh, or a submission, and it was the latter. Aaron Pico defeated James Gonzalez via unanimous decision, so it was weird. I kind of hinted and I don't like to do this because again, no inside I'm not, I'm not an inside info person. I'm not. Uh, it's not my style. Uh, you certainly won't see me getting a. Uh, well, I don't know if anyone can investigate me. I'm sure, but uh, you certainly see me won't be getting caught because there's nothing to catch. But yeah, man. You know, uh, I don't think there's anything against it. I've heard other journalists saying, you know, somebody seems off, maybe, as opposed to saying someone seems confident, right? We're allowed to and have said both those things. And uh, something seemed off with Aaron Pico, even to the point where he was limping uh, and walking funny. He just seemed stiff both days. And then come way in on Friday, he even... And I got a little bit of it on my story, even. I didn't say anything. I just... Got the tail end of this interaction on my story, where you see him walking funny up to the scale, and he kind of holds it together for the scale, and he still like just kind of seems stiff. And I don't know if this is how just Pico walks, you know? Maybe he's he's a horse dude. Do all horse dudes walk like that? But even Scott Coker, you know, I'm not the best lip reader, but I I pride myself on on doing and trying that. Um, But even just his gestures, Scott's actually gesturing to the leg, and Pico is gesturing to his own leg, and like kind of telling him a story. And and uh, I was like, holy shit. Um, so if it seemed like I was hinting toward anything, it's just like, oh wow, like you know that might have been it. But uh, although that actually happened after I recorded the podcast, so um, yeah, um, I definitely thought something might be there. So just as a hedge, just because Pico just seems crazy, right? Like his fights just seem fucking just something nuts always seems attached to him. Like, Give me the James Gonzalez submission for a stupid number. Um, at a small price that I didn't notice Didn't uh, Pico still looked good, man Damn good timing uh, Obviously the body shots And the, he was like posting up in the clinch I do wonder if that was part of it Maybe maybe I didn't see things in my defense You know, part of me was like I felt crazy stupid Because watching live I'm like, this guy looked great But at the same time He was kind of like posting his head And almost as a balance point And using that to lever his punches, right? Instead of his actual feet And his knees So maybe I wasn't crazy For noticing something there You know, he did do a quick turnaround Anyways he he gets by Mads Brunel gets by with some real technical uh, technical excellence on the ground using some of my favorite stuff the under the ass technique with a deep half game um, because you know and he admits it too you know if people are going to get the jump on him it's probably going to be early uh, as opposed to late I know Brunel guessed out on his last fight but uh, he had a terrible weight cut terrible stuff um, that he was dealing with of course um, and he's not want to make excuses and I'm not one to blow up somebody's spot when they tell me something in confidence so you know um, the best way you could speak and now is to kind of go out and show that and I believe showed it even more the fact that he did hit some turbulence against Justin Gonzalez who is not just a good record a good fighter um, much more dangerous a much more dangerous matchup than I think people realize this was and Mads knew that uh, and like Matt said, if there is going to be a round where he's going to hit turbulence, it's actually going to be an early one because he he's more like that Anderson Silva style. He likes to kind of try to get his reads in that first round um, <clears throat> for his, his countering and counter-punching style. Uh, ends up being a grappling fight. That's where the path of resistance ends up being, at least a resistance. And it was great because it was moves you saw him try to go in previous matchups where he had the bad cut and whatnot and was able to really just show stuff he was working, showing that it does work, he does work. Um, he is a he is a a, a a great fighter, one of my favorites to watch. Bias aside, um, so uh, shouts to him, uh, Dennis Davis, unheralded coach. De- By the way, Dennis Davis MMA, Um uh, hopefully working toward being less unheralded because my man is actually getting out there on the socials. Something that, uh, both he and I and many others need to be better about. Right, usually the best teachers aren't the best businessman and he is a fantastic fucking teacher. Uh, he fought Nate Diaz back in the day. That's right, I know Dennis. Talk. Like, yeah, uh, Dennis is an OG, is an OG and on the best of the of the way ways. Um, and he has uh, lots of quick little tutorials. Some recent ones with a Hawaii backdrop. Follow Dennis Davis MMA. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see my guy Mads get the win. Also nice to see my guy Kai Kamaka get the win, defeating Adley Edwards uh, via United decision. Kind of got to show everything in this fight. Um, so it was just a great performance. Really happy for Kai. Kyboy in front of his family and friends uh, over there in the Blaisdell. Uh, Samiko Inaba. Really liked her, man. She just fights beyond her years. I want to see more of the ground game, obviously, but just really impressed. Really fights beyond her years. Switching stances. Never at a loss for Idea, no matter the stance or the range. Um, her, her team is small and tight, but they're doing a good job. Curious on the wrestling and jujitsu, obviously, but Vitor Ortega is like the Bellator female Diego Sanchez over there, so that was a good test for her to get over. Uh, Alan Cruz did not look like he was going to beat not Bobby King, not Bobby King Green, a uh, Hawaiian Bobby King, keeping with the Bellator a tradition of if you have a name that sounds like somebody, we will sign you. Uh, but Alan Cruz comes back from a tough round. He looked like he had a tough cut 2 to 155. And just looking at the size of Alan Cruz, I'm like, how did this guy ever make 45? Um, I'll get to the chat cleanup. Just going to clean up this last results here. Davion Fra- Franklin defeated Cassima Rasp, unanimous decision, Bruna Ellen defeated Ilara Joani, V unanimous decision, and Masayuki, Kikiori, defeated Alexei Shurkovich via KO punch it was a beautiful KO. Uh, happened pretty much in the same location where Mix and Stots, I believe, to my position was. So it was really really cool. Um, maybe on the rewatches you guys can see me watching, uh, see me my Joe Rogan head, Joe Roganing. I was like right behind uh, Hoist Gracie. Um Most of the time. Um, But yeah, shouts out to all the Hawaiian locals. Mainly, how about shout out to the MVP of the night, this night, my guy Eric Stinton. Follow Eric Stinton, support his work. Excellent writer. Uh, Not in MMA, mainly for Hawaii, man. Civil Beat, amongst other outlets, any outlet, any source, uh, whether it's him as a teacher, him as a writer. uh, Just a solid human being. Came to the rescue with some Olaf uh, iced Thai coffee. I haven't had Thai coffee in forever. Uh, I am just happy with like cheap black stuff is what I usually drink but if you were talking about iced coffee Thai coffee is my favorite it was fantastic it could have been shit and I would have been just as grateful if it was not it was good he was like an angel he was like a biracial angel uh <laughs> he was my biracial angel coming out of the coming out of the coming out of the uh coming out of the stands um uh appreciate you sir um just a just just just, just a, a fine uh, handsome, well written and uh, well mannered gent, Eric Stinton uh, ladies and gentlemen the fucking man uh, gotta give him a shout there alright um, where do we get to our Bellator 58 alright 58 we'll do uh, chat clean up here and then we'll get to the uh, breakdown um, there we go uh, James Kendrick, what's up, James Kendrick? Uh, we know your Nate Diaz impression is good, but what about your Nick Diaz one? Um, I don't have a Nick Diaz one. Nick Diaz one is me uh, getting on uh, uh, all the, you know, ninety uh, percent of the girls' uh, Instagram feeds that I follow, and, and just jumping on their their, their start stories, holding a shot up in the air. That is the. Uh, <laughs> I felt like I was seeing Nick Diaz more there than on my end. Uh, MMA feeds at a certain point, not even lying, folks. Jimmy Kudo, do you think Oliveira versus Dayush is like Chris Gutierrez versus Edgar on bad matchmaking? no nah, different style, but I, I yeah, I'm not f- fan of either of those two. Um, he says where they could have done Cruz versus Edgar, yes, the fight that I've been calling for since late 2015. God damn. um, where neither would get seriously hurt, but people would love. Yeah, God forbid, right? And actually would fill out their cards. Um, yeah, I, it's. I, I agree. Real says in Truesdale, if Patchy and Stotts train in the same gym, then that would be weird for Nixick, right? Yes, but they don't. It was really brief. Um, Stotts is based over at Houston with Eves Edwards now. Um, and Nixick will go over and do kind of like a training sessions there for the gym and him and, and, and others. And Eve Edwards is a fantastic coach, and they got a good staff there. Um, so that's how that works. Yeah, and Mix has uh, mixes made his home uh, over at Extreme Couture and everybody's professionals at the end of the day, so yep that's not a, not as difficult Um Jimmy Kudo Dan would love this but in 2020 the Drake Riggs podcast for MMA we would fanboy over Kana Watanabe yeah um, Kana is the frying pan frying pan bender Watanabe okay that's awesome uh, Ghost Phantom I don't know about you uh, Pico, but Pico's strategy of level changing going up to the clinch, and breaking with elbows was really impressive yeah I, I enjoyed it um, Ghost Phantom says posting on the head and the clinch along the fence using body shots and breaking with elbows just fantastic yo it is absolutely um, he goes A adds and you gotta love the deep half with the underhook under the butt that's right from Ads. alright pushing on 101 hour in baby Hour in UFC Vegas 72, UFC Fight Night 223. So I give it a retweet. UFC Fight Night Song versus Simon Vato. UFC Fight Night uh, Yadong versus Simon Vato. There we go. Uh, it's going down here at the Las Vegas Apex. Uh, got odds up. Um, this match, this this fight card is uh, no no offense to the fighters, of course, but yeah, it's not great. Uh, a lot of uh, impromptu fights a lot of cancellations so um, I will cover what I have to cover but uh, I kind of just went to the fights um, that I wanted to get to which is usually only half the main card and the other half I begrudgingly do because it probably shouldn't be on there let's be honest and uh, you know the fly, the inevitable flyweight and lighter weight fights that are uh, probably the best fights on the card that they inevitably bear in the prelims and don't give me that shit. We need to bring attention to that. It's all on the same broadcast. It's all on ESPN Plus. It's all guaranteed money. They don't need to bring nothing nowhere. It's, it's 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 ultimate filling content. There is no excuse for this. Let's stop. Stop the excuses. Stop. Even on the pay-per-view. Stop. No excuses. Anyways, uh, but we're gonna get to it. Um, let's see here. We got uh, <clears throat> Song Yadong uh, plus 100. Uh, Ricky Simon, Vato Simon Holmes uh, minus 120. Um, opened a little wider, coming in tighter. Don't mind that. Regardless of who you favor or should favor or you think should be favored, I think we should all agree this should be coming toward pick lines and that's where it should ultimately stay. Both these fighters deserve that respect. Both these fighters are dangerous. Both these fighters have potent pathways to victory of course songs is one we've seen uh like i said not just a guy with a wrestle with the guy with the wrestling edge um <clears throat> use his edge but the danger of the guy with the wrestling edge striking is even though simon Bato has improved his striking like blades he like blades even though fighting more from the orthodox stance um whether he punctuates with the jab whether he's prodding whether he's fainting which he's better at and he definitely needs to do more of the safer option of the three, um, he works off a jab, and you know who else works off a jab? Well, again, like Sergei Pavlovich does off-the-counter more so. Song Yedong, in fact, Simone, despite only being knocked out once, which feels like it's been more because he's been rocked, countered particularly by being jabs all the way going back from wins like against Montel Jackson to losses outside the UFC uh, to Anderson Dos Santos, which ended up being a club and sub. Um, so it may feel like he's been rocked more than the actual one knockout loss, but the one knockout loss comes to—that's right, Uriah Faber. Not just Uriah Faber, um, Song Yadong's teammate Uriah Faber. Not just Song Yadong's teammate Uriah Faber. Song Yadong's teammate Uriah Faber, who in his post-fight peach a- speech after that fight said, uh, "I actually learned that from our brand new Chinese prospect we just got in the gym. His name is Song Yadong, and he taught me that jab counter, and it worked perfectly for this fight." So I mean. You know, uh game set match? Never in this game, but god damn is the blueprint drawn up. What else are you gonna draw up? That, that is that is game. It's proven to work against Ricky Simone. You know, against uh less less or less prime athletes, albeit more experienced fighters in favor. So, uh your immediate inclination, especially coming off of, you know, uh whether you you know, whether you you picked him or not, seeing the more reliable wrestler absolutely refuse to use it in the small cage and get starched I feel like that has a lot of us leaning and certainly my initial reactions had me leaning toward you don't easy song for this fight um, but um, I'm not trying to make the low hanging fruit but like for what it's worth messaging my girlfriend to make this week weekend's graphic I have to send her you know like it's song vs. Simon but I gotta send her the full name so she can reference her own images to build a banner right? Um, and, uh, and I was like, oh, am I going to get a joke about Yadong, right? And what's the low-hanging fruit? And I was like, Cause me and my girlfriend have a similar sense of humor, which is probably why uh, we're with each other, right? Um, but uh, she uh, she also listens, she keeps her phone like on an Australian Siri. And uh, she just messaged me and she goes, Song Yadong's name sounded funny with Siri telling, me, telling it to me in an Australian accent. It's an Australian girl that speaks... So that that was kind of funny, uh, I guess, but uh, for the low, there, 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 you have bingo card, low-hanging Yadong joke, there it is, but um, low-hanging Yadong, not the worst thing in the world, though, am I right, guys? Uh, Anyways, Jesus, Dan, Um, listen, I I put, I I labeled Yadong as explosive, you know, I'm trying to balance that out, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, I feel like, I feel like black athletes, whether it's true or not, get unfairly, uh, you use that descriptor in sports analogies. Like, he's so explosive. Like, can you talk about his skill, please? You know, maybe it's not, it's not just athletic. The guy's actually skillful. Uh, whereas Asians, no matter how fucking athletic and good we are, he's so unassuming. You know, you know, when I threw a six, three guy on the, in his head in the cobblestone driveway of, uh, Encore worked security and proceeded to choke him out after he took out two of our security officers, um, Again, I'm five nine, and everybody once was giant. I, just on that alone, yes, I am unassuming. But goddamn it, yeah, you bet your ass. <laughs> we didn't expect you to do it, Tom. You're unassuming. <laughs> like, all right, I didn't have glasses on back then either. Didn't look as nerdy. It's in better shape too. Uh, <laughs> we all doesn't matter. We are unassuming every time. So goddamn it, you bet your ass if I'm gonna, you know, have a have a good excuse to call Asian a fucking explosive athlete. Got to balance the scales, baby. Got to balance the scales. Um, (laughs) All right. But, yeah, uh, I actually, um, so it's going to be real dangerous. That being said, uh, unlike the heavyweight fight last time, this is bantamweight where people actually use multiple skills. And Ricky Simone has shown that he can actually fight from the outside a little better. Can he get countered with the leg kicks that are going to be there for him like uh, Alejandro Turbo Perez did? I hope not, but it could happen. Sure, it could happen. Um, But ultimately, um, even though seeing Song in the first seven minutes to two rounds, seven to ten minutes, ice Ricky Simone off a jab is very, very possible. But if he doesn't, Song Yudong flags in fights. Even fights not at the most torrid paces. And Ricky Simone is an unheralded five-round fighter. He's got wins over Rob DeVillishvili, Montel Jacksons, that have aged very well. And he's only gotten better himself since then. And uh, I think this could really be a coming-out party for him. He is a potent finisher in multiple ways We are in the small cage um, And uh, yeah So uh, I'm going to go with Simone um, I don't have it written down I was going to try to get some better numbers But God forbid But nope, you know me, I'm going to be the doing the normal thing That Even though I'll probably get better numbers At MGM Who is listing stuff online, but of course through the mobile app. I'm not allowed to bet certain props or anything yet. They're going to probably make me wait till tomorrow until they're all fucking bet to shit. But it'll still be better numbers than what I'm actually getting. I'm going to tell you guys what I'm going to be sticking to on this podcast on my record. As I do, I don't shift. I don't hedge. I don't fudge. I get my shitty numbers and I stick to them. With all the bad breaks and bad luck not even included, folks. So. All right, I know you don't care. I care. Uh, clearly, I care more than I should. But yeah, um, let me pull it up for you. The main play is the under. I feel like this could be probably the best bet in hindsight. We'll see, knock on wood. Oh, dang. yes, yeah, best bet of the card, like Rick Lindan. Like, all, right, all right, easy, easy, easy. Um, but under 4.5 rounds is, is just a great coverage bet, no matter what it is, obviously, if you get it a decent number. This is a decent number at playable chalk, minus 135, more than playable chalk. I put two units on it. Um, to cover my round flyers because, again, um, I believe the unders will cover multiple forms of finishes by both parties. Uh, but I also sprinkled Ricky Simon Bato in rounds three, four, and five. I am tempted to do do it by submission, but I don't want to do overexposure. Maybe I wait to see how my night's going, and then I add them because even though... I won't get the best lines if I wait, A, like I just said, when do I ever get good lines slash the best lines fucking anyways, and B, those lines are stupid high, am I really going to notice at that point, point? and if I'm in a position to sprinkle and not feel it in free rolling, I'll just be grateful enough to be in that position after being a fucking, you know, f- stuck in the uh, shower rooms of American History X for my betting career the last year and a half, so it feels. Uh, great visual there Dan um, but yeah I took Simo and Bacto uh, in rounds uh, let's see here round 3 plus 1400 round 4 plus 1800 round 5 plus 2500 all point seventeen units for you know uh, an extra you know uh, 2 units and change 3 units and change uh, if if they hit, so that that's what I like, and if they don't, well, those get paid for, and I probably still get over a unit if a song knocks them out in the appropriate rounds. So that's what I got for that fight. Um. Next, we've got uh <clears throat> Kyle Bohayo Minus minus three seventy five, Mikhail Olksiejak plus two ninety. I mean, anything close to three to one on Mikhail Olksiejak, you don't, you could just bet small. Take a shot. Throw a unit on it for all I care. You don't owe anybody an explanation. It's your money. But uh, from a value and principle perspective, you don't owe anybody an explanation. Is it because he was opened as the favorite and got bet to a dog in one of those scenarios? No, but that would qualify, yes. No, it's just because it's just kind of a stupid number, and I'm a guy who likes Ohio, But I hate, even when I do like, even the actual good fighters that come out of Contender Series, for even us as jaded as the series we are, you got to give credit to the many good fighters that have come out of there shout out to my guys Danny Gay of course like those dudes like there you know Billy Quarantine Billy Quarantilla I don't even know if Billy Quarantine did but I still love Billy Quarantine I'm gonna keep that same energy um well yeah Kyle Bahio not that I was super high on him actually I wasn't people gave me shit for giving him like a C on one of his like against um Aaron Jeffrey uh which was just kind of a not a great fight. Um, but yeah, like he's, he's got some talent some some ceiling if he just uses it. And I think he's due to use it, right? You know, Is he going to make hay with the back positions or is he going to continue to fall off going for triangles and subs like he's done in the last fights when he's gotten those positions? That being said, it's a guy like Mikhail Alex who can get submitted, as we've seen from the Von Pruz and so on, um, from some stuff that's a lower percentage or you don't see as much, right? He is that guy, so... Maybe a uh, normal Kyle Bohio can still get the sub. Uh, the more urgency Kyle Bohio that I think we're all hoping for would definitely get it. But again, I'm hating these numbers. They're inflating these fucking lines. And, you know, again, he's been subbed, so this is a bad example. But it kind of reminds me of that um, Yanez only by, like, plus like 180 for, to knock out Bob Bond. The guy's never been fucking knocked out before. It was a huge step up. I was picking Yanez by knockout. But even I was like, well. That line needs to be... That line deserves to be... I know it got bet down a little bit, but even from its opener. Like, what the fuck is going on with these lines? Like, I, too good, I guess? I'm like, you're taking all the fun out of it. Like, I don't even want to bet the sub line now. You're not even putting enough fucking juice in the bone. Plus 120. Insert Dan Tom Jerkoff GIF here in case you missed the video and you're only listening on audio. Um, Yeah, I hate it. And I, I, I get it. You know, Mikhail, this is what this matchup calls for but I just hate these numbers um, and you're going to inflate this fucking guy's money line I know I know over a dollar of it is from public side odd setters in their defense if you can defend them in this case at least opened it south of 3 to 1 granted still you know 2.5 and a half to 1 pretty much minus 250 odds there um yeah I, I hate it but I do think the small uh, cage and, and, and um, Olex Ajax consistent aggression will force to bring the best out of him uh, and, you know, say what you will about Alex Ajax aggression. Well, you know what you're going to get with them if you are trying to justify playing him at the 3-1. Because it's a stupid price. I don't blame you. Again, my middle ground here is I'm going to look to, again, I'm probably going to get fucking limited. Um, I probably won't be able to do Simo round 3. But if they let me do maybe Simo by submission, I don't know. Because I'm going to be doing Bohio by submission for the round robin. Um, that's my way to get in on things. You know, if it's a dog that I... It's, you're picking a dog, you need to play him. But I, I'm really trying to be exercise bankroll management. Really not trying to overexpose myself, right? Like a flasher sitting outside of Sunday school. Not trying to be in that game. Trying to keep the exposure low. Jesus, um, stop Enough with that. We can do a David Carradine joke again. Um, but, uh, yeah, like... Let's, let me throw it in the round robin. And instead, I played the under. Um, minus 165 is still rich for my blood. Of course minus 159 is more than justified and that's what the article goes down because that's what you guys can grab. Not me though. Not me. No, no. The best line I could get from my own bets uh, was minus 165, but not only is that close enough if I want to really reach and do some gymnastics here to justify my neighborhood, which it is in the neighborhood I guess of minus 150. My typical playable chalk that I like to cut myself out of. You know, me, I'm more of a, I'm not of a parlay at chalk guy. much more of a big plus money, throwing darts, looking for some you know uh, dreaded word value shout out to Joey Odessa there don't jinx me um, but yeah like it, it's it's close to the minus 150 mark and it opened it at, at pretty much two to one I believe it opened at minus 195 so it essentially opened at two to one we're getting a near 50 cent discount on the line it's still within playable chalk or with close enough to that neighborhood Give me that. I think is that. That's what this matchup's gonna be. We just need a finish. We all the weird stuff that can happen with a Mikhail Oleksaik. I mean, he's only a couple steps shy of a fucking, you know, uh, uh, you want cute lava fight as far as the wackiness between these dudes. So, um, you know, the pick's gonna be Bohio by submission in round uh, <clears throat> in round two, um, but uh, or, or maybe even round one by the end of round one. But yeah, I'm on the under one minus one sixty-five at one point six five units for a unit return. And I'll probably throw Ohio in a round robin if they allow me. Um, next fight, Cody Brundage, plus plus one ninety, Adolfo Vieira, minus two fifty. Um, even though it's just another you know, and again, shout to some of my friends that are middleweights and stuff, and and you know, uh, Julian Marquez, friend of the podcast. Not trying to shit on middle weights here, folks. It's just the matchmakers obsessive out with, like, shoving us these these the, the, the big man fight when we got, you know, fucking actual meaningful flyweight fights down on the prelims, but yeah, um, this one, um, Brundage, you know, he, I, I don't know how well built he is, because he seems to get hurt, but aside from uh, the durability that could be suspect, I'm not saying is, saying could be, wishing him the best here, nothing personal, aside from that, this dude seems to have the absolute dog in him, Um could he get taken down in the small cage uh, against the, submission, the superior submission fighter who I should be backing here? Absolutely, man. But uh, Rodolfo Vieira is not very inspiring. A lot of cancellations. Coming off an injury that he himself admit was hard to get off of. Careful, Dan. Remember the last Brazilian, Edson Barbosa, coming off an injury? He looked fucking fresh as a daisy. True. Edson Barbosa is a warhorse fighter, though, and that was my mistake, speaking of giving and not giving the Brazilian warhorses enough respect. You know, as much as I... I you know, as much as I, I can pump my chest out for keeping the the same energy for, for my love for Billy Q, doesn't mean I don't have love for Edson B. It doesn't mean I was not in the wrong there. I was. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, but I don't know if that's Adolfo V, right? Adolfo V, he's a jujitsu OG. If, you know, maybe he'll get to that point. Sure. But, uh, MMA, you know, even the improvements, he just looks like he's happy to get through these rounds, you know, um, that, Despite getting the win in that uh, Dustin Stolfus fight, I looked a lot a lot at that because Stolfus is not a big um, is not a big uh, middleweight, maybe a, a slightly more a crafty grappler than Brundage, but not as good of a wrestler. And looking at the positions he was able to do and get to, um, I don't think Vieira is going to be able to do as well against Brundage, and I definitely think Brundage is going to be able to do a lot better than Stolfus. Um, in a lot of those transitionary positions, especially from the front headlock where he was losing a lot of it Whereas Brundage, he's really strong from the front headlock. Even when he's butts up against the fence He doesn't have the most leverage, right? It's not the ideal front headlock where you can really sprawl behind He still finds ways to both defend takedowns and really sprawl behind there If you look when he's getting taken down from those spots, it's usually because he's willing going for a Kimura or a guillotine and even on those, he'll get close on the guillotine, or he was able to sweep with two out of one out of two of the Kimuras. Credit to Maximov, able to adjust to the second one that he dropped down for. Um, and again, bad mistakes, mistakes that he doesn't want to make against Vieira. And when he does get to the ground, um, Brundage will turtle and give his back like a lot of wrestlers. Again, a guy like Adolfo Vieira, especially you see that back take against the aforementioned Stolfus in round three. We're in the small cage again. Could that happen? Absolutely. But there's plenty of guys that have turtled to Vieira, and he hasn't necessarily been game over, including Stolfus previously uh, in previous parts of that fight. And I think Brundage is going to be able to defend from there. Uh, Factory X really underrated with the wrestling preparation and overall MMA preparation. Mark Montoya, one of my more favorite coaches. I love hearing him in the corner. Rear tower! Rear tower! I know it sounds like I'm making fun of him. Actually, I'm a big fan of Mark Montoya. And, uh, and massive props for him pulling uh, through with the, uh, the the cancer there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, like, you know, uh, we're seeing improvements there. Uh, maybe not defensively, you know, uh, could still use some, because, again, I don't, he's not the kind of guy I want to see taking hits against any kind of a, a modicum of a decent hitter. Probably not, definitely not playing uh, Cody Burns. Probably not even picking him, right? But Vieira, he's strong. He can hit harder than, you know, giving credit for. Has held account in victory and defeat in some of these fights, perhaps better than giving credit for. But again, not a knockout puncher, not known for that. Doesn't have that mean streak in him as a fighter. You listen to the guy talk, the way he fights, and it almost started tricking people. You know, Eric Nixon got to get on uh, Chris Curtis and remind him, dude, don't be, don't fall into that shit. We're not friends with this guy. You know, he's really got that hey, my friend Jiu Jitsu, it's okay. We don't have to hurt each other to compete. Strangle you oh, it's okay. No, no, we're friends. It's good. I'm losing you now, so we're friends. Hey, come into my guy. Like, you know, he's got a bit of that, you know, I'm not trying to be offensive, but those of you who compete know exactly um, what I mean, and I probably lean more toward that spectrum, if anything. It's it's more of a it's you know, I don't know if I'm as friendly. I'm probably just more weird, and we'll say weird shit and just try to get like the person to laugh or something. But like, it's like a diffusing thing. It gets you, you know, kind of like why Kevin Holland talks. It's actually because he's really uncomfortable in there. It's a way to make him comfortable, arguably just as just as much as it is to make the other person uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, uh, I just don't trust that the layoff. Um, he, they were scheduled to fight before, so um, Brundage has been prepped for this guy. Uh, all the all the big guys have been in from Jacoby, Anthony Smith, um, so on and so forth. Uh, there's been just like it, it, all the big guys up in uh, Factory X. So it just sounds like everything's like, clicking for him. we, we got to forget, too, Brendan is only 27, 28, turning 28 this month maybe even. Um, but he's at that stage where, you know, he might not be impressive on paper, like technically, but he's at that stage where he's going to develop, whereas... Uh, Vieira's 33, going on 34, but it's got the jiu-jitsu miles again. Most of his time is, you know, is in the grappling and whatnot. So um, it's a little tricky, you know. Uh, is you know, is he, you know, is he, is he a fighter? Brundage is a wrestler, but he's also definitely a fighter. He's not just a wrestler, right? He's definitely got the fighting gene in him. So uh, I don't know, man. I ended up taking a shot on Brundage. I don't got a lot of dogs I like uh, in general lately, too. So maybe that plays into it. But again, I was able to find him at two to one. You're pretty much able to find him near two to one. You don't have to take a unit shot on him like I did, which I did. But I also did Brundage uh round two and round three sprinkles. Again, same dynamic. If he can get past, he could easily get sub, but if he doesn't, um, if he doesn't, uh he, you know, rounds two and three are gonna be it. And rounds one is usually the toughest round for him when he's rocked in victory or defeat, like against Dolce in those weird spots, like all that stuff's in round one. So round one seems to be his trouble round. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he wins a decision. And again, Vieira, who, he's a guy who feels like he could, you know, uh, drop off at any point. At the same time, you know, he, he's he's he, he's a dog in there, and he's got maybe underrated survivability. But again. You know, he's also a dude, if you were to drop off at a certain point in the fight, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't expect a round one, that being said. But again, round two, round three, um, I think those are fine. And at plus 1,000, I believe, for round two, uh, and plus 1,600. So one is 170, the other is 270. So 1.7 units or 2.7 units extra if he wins in those rounds. And a clean two units clean. Um... If he wins anyway, Cody Brundage, give it to me. I know, I'm going against the superior grappler. Maybe not the superior wrestler, though, so maybe not completely going against my thing there. Um, <clears throat> Do not get a chance to look at Fernando P- Padilla. Apologies if I mispronounce that name. Money coming in on him, though he's still an underdog at plus 115. My guy, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Julian Arosa, minus 140. Um, I'm pretty overexposed, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, there's some kind of cheeky Julian Rosa kind of play in the round robin. Like, shoot, he's if he gets near pick him, maybe I could just throw him in there straight up. But I'll look in this closer, and if the method I end up going with is viable, or, you know, I'm not, maybe I'll go for it. But it's hard, I, I can't say. I mean, I'd have to be really impressed by Fernando, and really impressed considering that he's been off, coming off of uh, visa issues and all sorts of stuff. We have no idea how he's going to look. So this is kind of a fight you should stay away from, to be honest. And in that case, maybe it justifies the dog price, but this much to the point where you are going to give this much of a discount on a Juliana Rosa line is this Padilla guy a first round finisher, a puncher kind of a deal? Because um, that is the majority of times of how if you unless you knock out Juliana Rosa again in that first round, he is gonna you know he is gonna find his way through that. Uh, uh, similar, more experienced, more versatile version of what I was just speaking of with Cody Brendage, I guess. More potent. But yeah, do not be surprised to see me side with uh, Extreme Couture, Juicy J, bias embedded there. Uh, Waldo, Cortez, Acosta, plus 150. Marcos, Rogeri, DeLema, minus 185. Why the fuck is this matchup happening? Who the fuck cares? And why the fuck is it on the main card? Seriously, how is this here before Charles Johnson and Cody Durden? What the fuck are we doing? Why do we have to have big guys? Oh, God. And really... Are, am I really going to be picking Marcos Ruggiero de Lima, Flo Rida? Welcome to my house. You don't even know. Fall into submission. That guy who fucking, I almost auto bet all his opponents by sub. Um, from what I remember from all the, or Costa, he is a former baseball player who likes to just. Uh, throw ugly overhands off of a jab and stymie opposition at distance and make for pretty boring fights from what I remember. So yeah, I am not looking forward to this. I am not even excited to try to find an angle to fade Marcos Ruggiero, and I sure as shit ain't excited to pick Marcos Ruggiero at almost 2-1 to chalk on a main fucking card. God help me and anybody, God help anybody who cares and wants to play this fight. Uh, If you're their family members, of course you should care on their team. You know what I mean. Um, I know, I sound like a dick. Uh, Trey Waters stepping in in short notice, plus 150. Josh Quinlan, minus 185. I'll get a Southpaw report posted, by the way, but there's not much. Southpaw versus Southpaw versus Kyle Bohayo. Kyle Bohayo, Odo, uh, Mikhail Olegsejic, one and one and one. Of course, the uh, no contest is Khalil Roundtree. Where they were both were able to land, but oleksajic just chin-bullied, um, stomached and hit him. Got no contest. Of course, he lost to... Or he beat Sam Alvey. Whoop, whoop. And then, of course, lost to it. A... Tennessee, Tennessee. OSP. Tennessee, Tennessee. Hiccups, let's get through this sorry <laughs> mm. Sorry, here we go. I don't know how i stamp this, but yeah. Josh Quinlan, Trey, Trey Waters. Uh, I'll probably end up leaning toward Quinlan. Um, I'll probably include all that under the timestamp. So sorry if you chew, chewed in for Quinlan Waters uh, breakdown. Not much there. Uh, this one I actually went through a bit and 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 went some interviews. We got Charles Johnson, Energy minus one forty, Cody Durden plus one fifteen. Both fighters had decent notice for this one. Um, even though you know short notice is Charles Johnson's thing, he jumped right on this. He he knew he was gonna need another fight. Uh, for his babies coming, maybe perhaps some motivation. Uh, minus 140, you know, what, a nickel discount on the line if you want to fire on some energy. I have terrible luck and really bad luck betting Charles Johnson fights. I bet Jaugas and that was awful. Uh, and anybody, by the way, shame on anybody if anybody complains about Charles Johnson not winning the fight on O'Day, but doesn't give as much, if not the deserved more... Outrage for Gu's losing to Charles Johnson. Much less using a unanimous round where you make someone's leg give out. Which is hilarious because if you listen to Charles Johnson talk, he's specifically citing leg damage and why he should have won. Which, by the way, closer fight O'Day Osborne than it realizes on, on scorecards and MMA decisions. I'm totally sympathetic with Charles Johnson on that. But it is funny to hear him people go cite leg damages why why he should have won that. But we're going to completely ignore someone's leg getting fucking turned off anyways uh so again back to poor winners and poor losers that's another sign you gotta you gotta keep that same energy You gotta keep that same energy dog keep that same, especially if you're someone who bet charles johnson and you got like you got away with it like yeah it's fucking it's said and done you already got your money at least you could do is give Z bottom some love that guy could use it right being called zz bottom by me for christ's sakes. Um, But yeah, uh, anyways uh, And then we got the comeback on Cody Durden Plus 115 Um, Cody Durden's going to want to grapple He's got improved stand up And it's a small cage But Charles Johnson um, Has good takedown defense Um, He, it was crazy So last fight was a weird fight It was a catch weight um, Short notice for each fighter um, and then shout out to my guy John Hyun Ko I was supposed to do a, a preview with him a Show on him But I was checking out some of his content regardless Because he's, he's, he's the man And he did a, a long interview with Charles Energy And Charles Energy is a long winded motherfucker myself Whom I had to complain But yeah the guy gives like a ridiculous amount of context He takes you through story time But through that he tells you All the shit he was dealing with Like sinus infections and stuff Which is why he gasped Which produced those bad optics in round 3 particularly against O'Day Osborne. Um, so it was a really hard fight, and even in that fight, he's doing everything you would want, especially, uh, spoiler alert, with what I'm betting toward this fight, you know, going for the late submissions, not just shutting down the takedowns and going into the guillotines, trying to finish the fight, looking for damage, um, trying to finish and both secure the scorecards. Like, you know, I again, I'm very sympathetic to his side of things and feeling he did much better than what he was given credit for. I get that, believe me. Um... But it's just something to keep in mind, because that is a weird sample size of a fight. Uh, <clears throat> you know. Whereas Durden was able to go to the three rounds, get the win. He's been able to do that before, and, and it's tough, because you could argue that... Uh, who was the guy he fought? Um, Orichi Lung, the Mongolian murderer. Uh, that guy beat him, right? Uh, very underrated fighter, and which was fine, because I was able to use that to cash on Orichi Lung, the Mongolian murderer later on down the line because people just see an L on the record, right? They don't realize how competitive and perhaps that the fight could have actually gone the other way. Um, And, uh, you know, he was having his struggles in that fight, but regardless, he he pulls out the win. Um, But yeah, man, I I don't know if he's going to be able to tread water against Charles Johnson when Charles Johnson is at his best. He realized that, you know, he starts slower. He just knows he's a five-round fighter. He's really picking up the urgency and finishing It looked like he was in the last fight, to be honest, but hearing him coming into this fight and the motivation that that last fight gave him and the motivation that you already have as a fighter and that he already has as a fighter and soon-to-be new father, which is why he's doing this turnaround, which is more his style. He actually thrives pretty okay with it. Um, man, you know, he's definitely not going to be short on motivation to fight for your money (laughs) because he's definitely fighting for his money in there. Um, It is weird, though, because Cody Durden usually drops things early. It's not that he can't drop things late. Again, um, they're hard cuts to him at flyweight. We've seen him tire. Um, We've seen him fall apart, right? So it could certainly happen in rounds two or three with those caveats and things within the context, certainly. Hopefully. Spoiler alert where we're going here, where our bets are going. But, yes, most of Cody Durden's drops are in round one. Um, I believe off the top of my head it's five to four five second-round finishes to four Uh, first-round finishes, but it should be uh, six to three uh, because, again, back to my bad luck of betting Charles Johnson fights, I bet him in round two or three. Spoiler alert, like I did here, I'm going back to that. Well, against Jimmy Flick and uh, Kerry Hatley for like literally the first and only time in his career, uh, breaking the Texas Kumite trends that most of the judges down south have uh decided to stop it so early like he had the round 1 prop like it was ridiculous like even people who didn't affect their bets were like that was super fucking weird like how did he not let him fight more you know even if it was going to go a certain way that was a weird one um so of course i lost out on that so you think burn me once burn me twice right um yeah burn me thrice again cuz i'm doing it again i'm going Charles Johnson round 2 and 3 i did seven <laughs> 17 unit shots. Uh what did I get? Uh minus 700 for round 2, minus 800 for round 3. Most people I know are getting up and toward the thousands, but again, I as if the beats in the is as if the beats of this game is not hard enough to deal with, right? Not me. All of us. I'm not special. But if the beats in this game isn't hard enough, I got to get these shit lines too, right? But it's okay. Uh 0.17 used there, and here's what I did. This will piss me off too cuz it should be 0.33 unit that's what I originally played for by submission because I'm getting Jalen Turner vibes. I'm getting plus 700 Nate Landwehr vibes as well here. Another plus another 700 club baby. I'm getting the vibes on. If I was down at the book, which I'm thinking of an excuse to go, maybe go. Is there, is there, a, is there a restaurant down by a sports book I can go with my girlfriend and maybe be like, well, since I'm down here, <laughs> sprinkle on some rounds because I may be busting open the window like Bruce Willis and firing the M60 machine gun on some round fly. I know it's a volatile car, but that's where the money is. You know, I, I love I love some high-stakes round flyers. Um, <clears throat> and I'll probably get better lines, actually, down there um, at the counter, even though those aren't that great either, by the way. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's plus 700. So 700 club there by submission. It's annoying because it's listing at plus 1,000 at my BetMGM account, but it's not listing up there for me on the, on the mobile, right? So I can't play it. Um, which is annoying because in that case, I could probably stick to point thirty-three and be happy and be clearing, you know, over three units. Instead, my greedy ass, especially after hearing that interview and, like, hearing how after I broke it down, in the fighter, I know it's fighters, they're going to say everything. They're going to visualize positivity, of course. But, again, technically breaking it down the same way, Charles Johnson's not a one-hit knockout guy. Cody Durden's a wrestling guy when he gets hurt, so all he has to do is hurt him, get him tired, get him tired and hurt, and he's shooting right into front chokes. That's where Cody Durden's been caught by guillotines before in his career, and although Charles Johnson may only have three submissions, what do they come by? Guillotines, Brabos, front choke threats, baby. That's what they come by. That's what his arms are built for. That's what the dynamic stylistically of this matchup calls for. That's what I usually do, even with guys with less of a potent submission threat. But just, you, you see it. You see that's how it's happening, right? The Lingo were the Jylan Turner and um, Matthew, uh, uh, Brad Riddell, Riddell hi. High. Um, I'm going, third time's a charm, right? If anybody's due to cash on energy, it's me. If anybody's fucking due. Um, so yeah uh, yeah. give me energy I ended up adding another .17U uh, and the plus 700 to make it a half unit exposure which takes home 3.5 units if he subs him alone, much less if he does it in rounds 2 or 3, which again won't be that much extra because I'm getting shit numbers on those but I'll take it if I get it, believe me I won't fucking complain if anybody's grateful, it's fucking this guy um, grateful as shit, it's a volatile game folks, it's a lot of luck we got to be honest with ourselves and be grateful for it. So that is the play there. Um, and I'll probably do Charles Johnson by submission in a um, round robin as well. Um, again, not sure I'll play. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty exposed with my totals. And I already took a dog shot. I don't need to add any more chalk, right? So as far as money line plays, so uh, or just in general, I'm not a fan of chalk. So it's very playable chalk. Right? Um, maybe that's the safer play. You just kick, the co- kick for coverage, sprinkle on the submission, or kick for coverage with the money line. Sprinkle on Johnson rounds two and three. I'm just going for all the fun stuff: submission rounds two and round three. If he wins by decision, if he wins by round one, if he wins by TKO, especially TKO by round one, I'm fucked. But hey, that's uh, that's that's why that's why it's called gambling, folks. Um, next fight, we'll try to hurry up and get out of here with these ones because I don't have much to say. Got Jake Collier, minus 110, versus Martin. Put a head buddy. head buddy. By the way, uh, minus 110 there. Of course, Michael Bisping impression. Speaking of Bisping, I have a note here that says, um, Bisping, a couple of schoolgirls. I think it was one of Ricky Simone's fight. Brendan saying something like, I forget what it is, but it's completely non-sexual. Even like, a pervert like me couldn't even like make it sexual, and that's like my whole fucking game and sense of humor. But it was something like Brandon was just like got challenged on something. He's like, "What? I can do that? What? You know, you couldn't see me uh, doing one of those things." And it was like calling something. I forget. It had nothing to do with females though. And then of course Bisping, he always takes things sexual. He was just like, "Yeah, sure, Brendan. I can see you there doing that with a couple of schoolgirls." And it just got really awkward. I'm like, "Jesus, Bisping." It reminded me of speaking of Brad Riddell. Go watch Brad Riddell versus. Uh, Raphael F- Um and they talk about the uh, you know, uh, Anik or whoever brings up the, the dynamic and they're like uh, well, that's right uh, Brad Riddell used to coach at uh, Tiger Muay Thai and when he left the train at City Kickboxing, Raphael Fazeev took the spot and then Visping is just like, that's right he goes, eh got the leftovers, did he? I'm just like, and it just was like awkwardly, silent, like that's one way to put it i'm like the like, jesus bisping it was a 4 p.m coaching slot not a spent orifice like what the fuck are we talking about here <laughs> i love bisping by the way but it's like uh, apologies i don't very rough descriptors only the protect you nick podcast spent orifice i thought he's supposed to break down fights <laughs> sorry folks we'll get to that but yeah like bisping oh i love bisping, but he always makes it sexual it's hilarious like <laughs> he got the left of his didn't he like it's a coaching slot, dog not a fucking used orifice, like, what are we, what, what are we quantifying here, Bisping, uh, anyways, BUDZE, hopefully Bisping's in the call for Martin, buddy, that's right, BUDZE, hey BUDZE, uh, I'll probably take BUDZE, if he goes to plus money, I feel like you should play by the principle, but it's heavyweight MMA, it's a crap card, and I'm overexposed, don't really got opinions on Stephanie Edgar minus 300 over Irana Alexiva. Does she have a sleeve? I don't know. I haven't looked at this fight. I'll probably pick the favorite and stay the fuck away, motherfucker. It's just one of those days. It's all about the Haley Cowan breakdown. She's a Southpaw, but it doesn't matter because she fights people who doesn't fight anybody and it doesn't matter and she doesn't fight anyways. It's all about the not fighting and trying to break down Haley Cowan. There we go. That was terrible The Biscuit song. That's all she gets, though. And I don't feel bad about it, folks, because this fight will probably get canceled, too. And it will be all for nothing. But uh, I will probably go with Jamie Lynn Horth because she is the favorite and I know nothing. Who knows? Um, Journey Newsome. Minus 190. Barry Lincoln. Are they having checks or lifting weights? Shout out to anybody who understands that reference. Uh, versus Marcus McGee, which reminds me of like... It was, like did Gan McGee used to spell that name? I'm getting like Tim Sylvia Gan McGee flashbacks with his name here. Plus 160. Um short notice replacement. We'll probably pick Newsom. Surprise, surprise. So uh gonna clean up the chat and then uh recap uh picks and plays here. Okay, what how did we do on time? 141, not bad. I expected it to go longer, and it was like three events as opposed to four. Not bad. Uh <clears throat> what do we got in here? Da, 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 by the way uh, I'm going to answer you guys regardless but yes these videos are monetized for the super likes the super chats I will answer it regardless but uh, I think the super like you can go back and like, use that as a tip if you don't want to use the Dan Tom MMA which are Daniel Tom Dan Tom MMA on paypal.com uh, at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter and Instagram you find in my link tree there's a secure PayPal link as well as the website that hosts this year' program Mixed Martial Analyst.com my website host of the protecting neck podcast my podcast go to mixed martial analyst.com toward the right toggle down scroll down just slightly you will see amazon and on it click through banners where you click through no extra cost of your own um it kicks back a small percentage of your purchase without charging you anything extra and it kicks it back to this year program which is greatly appreciated doesn't list who you are by amazon will tell me the items not going to do a read through or recrack any David Carradine jokes here. Want to clean up fast, but that is where you can find it. Got to at least give myself some self promotion because above those banners, you can find a secure PayPal link. If you want to donate to the show straight up since I'm not on a discord, I'm not on a Patreon. I don't charge. I'm free for over almost a decade now. And actually, even though I don't, because you have to change with the times because they just flood us with crap. But I do do my due diligence for what it's worth um so yeah you can uh, shout me uh there uh there's my bullshit tip jar uh moment but yes monetized channel you can tip any of the most of the, all the videos andy late to the party here nonetheless salute you dan in the chat thank you andy and your razor ramon uh avi which you know i you always rank high here because of that sir rios is in truesdale thank you dan jack slack also complains about the ufc just filling content you are preaching to the choir thank you sir he says bad cards bad UFC yeah unfortunately right keep it rhyming what do you say why don't you go eat some hay Jimmy Kudo I don't have any cle- clever analysis but I like to watch Simon versus Marab where either is fighting such a fun fight absolutely very fun fight um James Kendrick uh, is Yadong dong explosive or he says his words air quotes black explosive like Jack Slack trademark yeah, I'm not as comfortable saying that, but I have had heard that term. Did he trademark it now? Okay. <laughs> Shouts to Jackie Boy, I guess. Mushroom MMA. What's up, Mushroom? Nice to see you. Glad to catch you live, brother. Appreciate you. I wish I could take your mushroom like an avatar and grow big or see big images and have some real fun, if you know what I'm saying. Shouts to those people in the house. Uh, <laughs> we got James Kendrick. Remember, uh, Sadiq Yusuf said Jack Slack says black explosive a lot about Sadiq Youssef. Oh, I don't know. But Sadiq Youssef seems like he would say that about himself. Doesn't he do, like, comedic uh, breakdowns? Ghost Phantom always go with the better cardio. Santino DeFranco. Uh, Santino DeFranco's a wise man, so that's probably a wise saying, yeah? Jimmy Kudo, do you fade Americani because death taxes exactly at the start of the second round? Absolutely. I mean, obviously that's a dynamic I'm very biased toward with my betting, but for good reason. If we're searching for darts and value, I mean, those... That's the beauty of guys like Americani. We know how to bet on them, and we know how to bet against them. 99% of the time, at least. Rios says in Truesdale. Why does the Greek bases fight picks on line changing instead of watching actual fights? Um, that's his background. He actually like went to school for economics and numbers. I'm uh, not saying it's the way to go. It is a way, and he definitely gives credit to people who do it like myself and definitely cites what he does in his defense. But, yeah, that's definitely his style. Rio Susan Truesdale continues. says, seems incredibly not smart being very nice here. I'm trying to be very very nice, too, because he is a very nice guy for what it's worth to me. I don't know him personally. I cannot speak for him as a human being, nor would I. But I am not a hater, and uh, I give credit where credit's due. Him and um, a guy, he works with a guy that I greatly respect in this space, Nick Kalikas. Shout out to Nick. OG in the space, OG in the most respectful of ways. Both of them have offered me a spot on their platform uh, as a guest and I am more than grateful they don't need to be doing that shit. Um, They got enough great analysis in themselves on their team with the UFC uh, for them to even think of me I am grateful for. So the guy has showed no hater energy uh, for what it's worth. Uh, So I'm definitely not trying to show that in general toward anybody uh, much less people who have been kind to me. Does that mean I can defend everything or anything? Of course not. But you know For what it's worth, seems like a nice guy. Rain Lamina, the Adrian Yanes of bringing the courage. Despite all my rage, I am still just on Dan's page. Okay, cool. Kawhi in the streets, senpai in the sheets. (laughs) Love it. This is Rain Lamina, by the way, not me. Uh, Filter out the noise. Stay loyal to the boys. There we go. Uh, All right, all right. Uh, Jimmy Kudo speaking. Of Brad Riddell, he's officially kickboxing coach at Bang Tao. Good for him! Bang. Shout out to Bang Tao Muay Thai. Wei Lee told her fans, "That's right, repeated since she won't, sh- since it won't show up." Oh wow! I'm um, gonna get the end here. Prince of Mischief, what's up, Prince of Mischief? Ghost Phantom, do you have RSS link so I can share your potty with all my friends? Like I mean, I'm sure it is. I don't know how to find it. You guys are probably better at finding it than me. You can share the link of the podcast, the YouTube page. Uh, Ghost, you can go to Apple Podcast share the link there. Go to uh and share the link from there. So, you know, th- those are options for you. I appreciate all the shares. Going to recap picks and plays and get, get the F out of here before it gets too late now. All right. Taking Simon Vato over Yadong. Sorry, I'm not taking it. Though. All right, come on, Dan. Taking Bohaya over Olaksejak. Taking Brundage over Vieta. Taking Bueller. Cameron from Julian, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Juliana Rosa over Fernando Padilla. Uh, taking, welcome to my house, Marcos Rogerio, the Lima Falsa Misha. Uh, over uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta. Sorry about that. Taking Josh Quinlan. Um, Probably to give me flashbacks cornering against him <laughs> to beat Trey Waters. Check my quick picks and prognostications for that one. Probably taking Martin Budzai over Jake Codlier. Check check me on Twitter on fight day at DanTomMMA for that one. Taking Charles Energy Johnson over Cody Durden. Probably taking Stephanie Edger over Alex Siva. Does she have a Sleeva? I don't know. You got to check me at DanTomMMA on fight day. Probably taking Jamie Lynn Horth. It sounds like a... Canadian coffee and donut company over Haley Cowan, the mysterious Haley and South Paul Cowan. Uh, we'll see. Check my picks and plays at Dan Tom MMA for Fight Day, as well as Journey Newsom to take out the returning Gan McGee. Just kidding, Marcus McGee. But again, check me at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Days. I do the weird thumbs up here to the uh, to the screen where it's listed. Uh, as far as plays go. Um, I don't know what I have for my round robin, maybe Simone round three, or round three, Simone submission if it lets me, in a perfect world, uh, it would probably also be Bohio submission in a perfect world, we'll probably go Johnson by submission, maybe I have to, pre- yeah. sub- submission, 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 sorry, um, you know, maybe I just do that, and then uh, I would just throw Brundage down there money line, you know, to see what he ends up with, uh- <laughs> For that, if I can't think of anybody else to keep the submission play, I mean, not that I don't think my, my shit limits me. Who am I kidding? I won't be able to play it. But do it for me. Let me know if you round robin for me, and if you do well. Let me live vicariously for you. Don't give me too much shit if you lose because of me, right? You're an adult, make your own decision. But I won't mind the credit. I won't mind the credit, and of course, I will uh, be accountable as per usual. I will be hard on myself more than I need to be, as per usual. Sadly, right here on the Protecting Night podcast, so... Folks, until next time, uh, good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect...